It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Monday, September 20th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Another Angoon resident tested positive for the coronavirus on Friday. It was the second positive case in the community last week and brings Angoon's cumulative case count to 22 since the pandemic began. According to Mayor Doris Williams, the positive patient is is currently in quarantine and no community spread has been detected. This comes in tandem with a COVID outbreak in Yakutat, which is experiencing its biggest caseload since the pandemic began. The community reported its 13th active case on Friday in a press release posted to the city's Facebook page. The Yakutat Community Health Center COVID manager, Martha Malat, went live on Facebook to address the outbreak. We are going live today, right now, to let you all know that Yakutat has just confirmed its 12th case in four days. Yakutat is now currently in the red for our COVID transmission cases. In a five-minute video later shared by the health center, Malat urged residents to follow COVID mitigation protocols, citing a shortage in both staff and rapid tests. We expect to see more positive results as community testing progresses. At this time, there is a major shortage in rapid tests everywhere, and we do not have many. These rapid tests are being reserved for those who are either symptomatic, identified as a direct contact, or require medical evacuation services. Therefore, it will take approximately five days to receive our regular testing results back from the state of Alaska. We ask that you continue to social distance and use precautions such as masks, hand washing during those five days. With state hospitals already near capacity, it's up to us to do our part to minimize COVID-related medical evacuations. We currently only have two med levels, one paramedic and one ER nurse. At this time, only our frontline workers are reporting to work in an effort to minimize additional staff exposure. According to Incident Commander John Waldron, the Yakutat Health Center performed more testing on Friday than in any other testing clinic during the pandemic. A coalition of Southeast tribes and the region's largest native corporation are creating an endowment designed to support indigenous-led conservation and economic development. They're calling it the Seacoast Trust. Sea Alaska Corporation and the Nature Conservancy set aside $17 million in seed money to help support the Southeast Sustainable Partnership. That's a decade-old effort that runs projects in towns and villages across Southeast Alaska. That partnership will run the programs funded by the new trust. Sea Alaska CEO Anthony Malat says some projects are already running, but the growth of the new fund could help them expand. They're all ongoing. This just gives us the pathway to increase the number of projects, bring on more partners and more communities. Central Council of the Klinka and Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska, President Richard Peterson, says they've joined with other Southeast tribes to help lead the new effort. Our people watched the Tongass grow. And that this forest has taken care of us for generations. And who better than us to lead efforts to care for our our forests and our resources. 
Fran Ulmer, a former Alaska lieutenant governor who works for the Nature Conservancy, says her conservation group is pleased to offer $7 million towards getting the Seacoast Trust off the ground. It is an exciting opportunity to really make something happen that has durability and sustainability and that recognizes how important it is that collaborative land and resource management with indigenous people leading the way is what what really makes sense in Alaska and in many other places in the world. Oversight of the Seacoast Trust will be done by Spruce Root, a Juno-based nonprofit that offers seed money and expertise for new businesses. The number of northern fur seals in the Bering Sea has dropped significantly since the 1970s, and researchers haven't been sure exactly why. But research published this month suggests the commercial Alaska pollock industry could be to blame. KUCB's Theo Greenlee reports. Researchers have suspected that the Alaska pollock fishery was responsible for the decline of northern fur seals in the Bering Sea. But it's been difficult to prove. That could be because most research has focused on the overall abundance of pollock, which is a lot. For this study, though, researchers tried looking at the pollock catch, that is, the amount of fish being pulled out of the water. And when they tried that... I was just astonished at how well it worked. Jeffrey Short is the lead author of a study published in the Journal of Marine Science and Engineering. Just that that single number of pollock catch... um, can, can explain nearly all of the population trajectory since the, about the you know, mid-1970s. Short says his team found evidence that suggests the pollock industry may have made it harder for lactating fur seals to feed their young. Here's how it works. Mother seals rely on dense schools of fish to raise their pups. So what, what a female lactating fur seal wants to do is She wants to go out and find a dense aggregation of food right next to where her pups are so she can spend the minimum amount of energy to go find it, sit on top of it and eat to her heart's content, and then swim right back and nurse her pups and repeat that all summer long. But, Short says, commercial pollock fleets break up those dense schools and the fish disperse. So now the mother seal doesn't have that food resource and she can't fatten up her pups as quickly as she could. That's a problem because the pups swim south in the fall. If they haven't built up enough reserves, those pups likely won't survive their first year. And that, Short says, is why fur seal populations are declining so steeply. And if that continues... I think it's possible for the uh, fur seal herd to eventually go extinct or become extirpated off the Pribilof Islands. And that would have huge effects on the Anunga communities in places like the Pribilof Islands, who rely on fur seals for subsistence. We eat those seals, so it gets scary. Martin Stepton grew up on St. Paul Island, the most populated of the Pribilofs. But now he lives in Juneau, where he advocates for Alaska Native rights. If you're trying to support your family and you're trying to put food in the refrigerator on, on the, you know, you worry about the future. What about your kids? How much food is there going to be whenever your kids come of age? Are they going to be able to support their families? You know, these are the things you think about whenever uh, whenever you're scared of this the fur seal decline.
which is, you know, what has sustained us for thousands of years out in the Kerbaloffs and the Aleutian Islands. Stepton says there needs to be action to stabilize the fur seal population. The study suggests that to make any real changes, the fishery would probably need to limit pollock catch to around a million metric tons in the areas surrounding the Pribilof Islands. That's a significant reduction, says Stephanie Madsen. It would be devastating to just have a blunt tool, and that's what I think this is, is a blunt tool. Madsen is the executive director of the At Sea Processors Association, which represents a lot of the catchers and processors in the pollock fishery. She says she's worried about a one-size-fits-all solution. When you're talking about drawing circles around rookeries and preventing fishing from occurring in there, you're making quite a few assumptions about the pollock staying inside that circle, uh, that the fur seals aren't going to go outside the circle. Um, And I think depending on the size of those circles, uh, for the most part, it could be quite damaging to the pollock's uh, fisheries ability to harvest their quota. And she says limiting the fishery's ability to harvest could have ripple effects across the industry. The pollock fishery is the largest in the United States, and it employs about 30,000 people, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Thousands of jobs and tens of thousands of families that depend on that uh, income. NOAA has not yet responded to the study. In the past, the organization has touted the fishery as a model of sustainability. In Alaska. I'm Theo Greenley. When the state's health department website was breached earlier this year, cyber attackers had access to the private health information of Alaskans, the state announced on Thursday. State officials said they delayed the announcement to avoid interfering with a criminal investigation. The security breach violated state and federal privacy laws. The state does not know how many people's data was accessed. The department is urging all Alaskans who have provided data to the department to act to protect themselves from identity theft. The state is making free credit monitoring available to any Alaskans concerned about the breach. On Tuesday, the state will launch a toll-free hotline to answer questions and help people to sign up for the credit monitoring. The number will be on the department's website. All Alaskans who've applied for permanent fund dividends will receive an email between late September or early October with a code to sign up for the credit monitoring. The state also cautioned Alaskans to monitor their online accounts for unusual activity. Incidents of identity theft can be reported to the Federal Trade Commission. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a look at the weather for Sitka for today, Monday, September 20th, 2021. Today, rain. Rain may be heavy at times in the morning. Highs in the mid-50s. South winds 15 to 25 miles per hour. Tonight, rain in the evening. Rain showers and slight chance of thunderstorms late. Near Port Alexander, rain showers late. Lows in the upper 40s. South winds 15 to 25 miles per hour. Tomorrow, slight chance of thunderstorms in the morning. Rain showers, highs in the lower 50s, southwest winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. (laughs) 